Hello and welcome to another episode of the Crazy Waffle Podcast. As you can see, I'm not in the home studio, I'm up in Dundee. Uh, me and Matt Roth are on a Crazy Waffle Podcasting tour. Uh, we're all around the UK at the moment, and this episode was recorded with Claire in Bristol. Uh, we've talked about typography, we've got a bit geeky about typography, spacing and the kerning and um, how it's made, uh, how fonts are made. But yeah, really cool episodes. Uh, hope you enjoy it, hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, whilst you listen to it and if you do please do share it on social media take a screenshot um, and tag us at creative waffle on instagram and if you really really enjoyed the podcast please get a ticket to our live event in november the 15th of november 2019 we'll be in london uh, doing a live event with the amazing seeing all talk seeing all of these cool the cool people that i've uh, chatted with and so many good friends of mine uh, at the event all in one place it's gonna be a really cool night so get a ticket to the event and help out the show and this show is also brought to you by awesome merchandise so you can check that out as well a really cool printing company uh, great merchandise i've ordered pin badges and stickers from in the past and they've always been reliable but great customer service so i really hope you enjoy this podcast let's get into the show that's first of all thank you very much for having hey, me well, thanks yeah. for coming nice, yeah. to, nice to meet you it's recording so we're in yeah. into the podcast great. um one thing i noticed on your website you call yourself an independent designer yes. an independent creative yeah. and i like that because a lot of people call themselves freelancers yes so that means more working for someone else on on your own terms yeah thing. Uh, and, and that's yeah. I, I always thought that's wrong. I always thought, well, well I'm not. I'm not a freelance designer because I don't work for anyone else. I'm always at home. I don't go into studios and things. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, like, I sort of I thought yeah. I mentioned it for other people listening as well because uh, yeah, to call ourselves independent designers. Yeah, and I think it has a slightly more positive vibe as yeah. well. You know, freelance has a just it's unfortunate, but it has kind of a like has an image that uh, you know. The, it's not like the word networking, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 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 But the word networking is a bit like that. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't uh, doesn't sound great, which is unfair to the word, but that's the way that it is. So. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, I guess because it could be sort of who you are and um, what you're all about, what you yeah. do. Cool. Um, so I've been, I specialise in lettering and typography mostly. Um, so I started off just in de- design in general, like like back in 20, 2008, um, when I finished university. and. I sort of worked as a general sort of junior designer for, for like less than a year, um, but I was always interested in typography specifically. Um, without it was at the time it was more just like typesetting and stuff, and I did draw some lettering as well, but it was yeah. obviously quite rough then. Um, and at the time I lived in Belgium, and um, we st- me and my then partner we started. Um, sort of doing our own kind of work on the side so it was like just for people we knew like some mm. websites and that kind of thing and then sort of that took off a bit so we started just basically coming up with our own, our own partnership that we uh, just ran and sort of grew bigger from that and then I kind of started specializing more into lettering and logo types so that was what kind of took off then it started becoming quite popular yeah. um, so all the script script stuff yeah, yeah. Um, and then that just kind of took over all the other sort of more general design stuff that we were doing so I sort of just really formed like focused in on that mm. and did that for like a good a good few years um and now I still sort of do that a lot so it's mostly a branding kind of centric thing um rather than sort of really illustrative lettering it's, it's definitely got more of a branding focus um and then uh, so we moved around and stuff and kept doing the same work um and so now I live in Bath where I'm also a letterpress printer yeah. which sort of came up by chance, so there was an opening for a print finisher job in a sort of a local letterpress place. Um, so I started doing that two days a week, and then there was a sort of opening for printer, so mm. I sort of <laughs> got trained yeah. in that, and then now I do that full time. Um, so I do still do 
sort of like independent design work as well. Um, but it's just been really great to have that sort of other angle, which is yeah. a really niche thing that I just never thought would come up as a, as a sort of opportunity to learn it. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's sort of complemented really well because it's, it's all type based as well. Um, but it's just a sort of really tactile, phys- like physical stuff on mm. the side that um, in my other work, I don't really get because it's a lot on the computer. I mean, it's on paper as well, but the end result is digital. Right. Um, so this kind of goes with it really nicely. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I, I guess we'll talk about the, the type setting and uh, yeah. all the hand lessons made, made stuff yeah, yeah. Uh, in a bit, but more about yourself. Yeah. You obviously traveled quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, so I'm always interested in people who travel and, and the stories. Uh, so, You've been to so many countries. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, well, I, when I was a kid, my, my parents moved around for, for work. So okay. I kind of have that background anyway. Um, my husband doesn't, but then he really liked that. So together we actually did even sort of even more. Um, and also being independent meant that we were sort of flexible. So mm. we the longest we lived somewhere, I think, was Prague. So that was a good three years. Um, and then we got a lot of clients locally there as well, um, which was sort of the first time we had done that. Um, but it definitely was the flexibility to pick a place mm. and then sort the work out from there. Um, so a lot of our clients are in the US, so, you know, other than time difference, yeah. which anywhere in Europe, pretty much the same. Um, so that, all that worked. And then, so now we've been here obviously longer than, um, but having a physical job now is a bit different in that way. Yeah. Um, so I should dance yeah. about a bit more. Yeah. yeah. But we picked it specifically because it was very nice. So it's yeah. not, it's not painful or anything. So it's nice. Uh, and as we've got a sort of stronger sense of community here now because we've been here a while. We know more people. Mm. Um, obviously working in a, it's um, the street I work on is like kind of kind of a tight knit sort of creative and independent shop community okay. place. So it has a nice, um, nice vibe as well. Cool. Um, yeah, so we've sort of got the best of both. Where, whereabouts have you been then? Because you, you say Belgium. So yeah, did you go from France to Belgium? Or, or? Um, well, I was born in France, but then uh, so as a kid, I lived in um, England, uh-huh. Belgium, in the Middle East, and then Belgium, and I went to university in England. Um, so that's where I met my husband, and then we lived in Belgium, then we moved to York, sort of on a whim. Uh-huh. We were just we left Belgium back to England for a bit, but that only lasted six months. Where did, we, you, where did you study in England? Uh, in Canterbury first okay. for a year. So and it's then always been really nice yeah. places down in England. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice um, country places. Yeah, and then Leeds for um, my um, degree. Um, and then we sort of, we just, just put everything in our car and kind of drive around. Yeah. A very small car. It, fit. <laughs> it wouldn't fit anymore, but at the time <laughs> it did. Um, and yeah, I lived in Belgium, then York, then uh, Prague for a couple of years. And then we travelled, we went to the US where I did a, um, postgrad, excuse me, certif- certificate in um, typeface design, okay. and then we stayed in the US for the kind of full three month visa mm. block <laughs> down yeah, to yeah. the day, um, and then I think we moved to Bath after that. I think that's it. Is it is it hard to get a visa for the US for working? Was, uh, that was just work? it was just uh, you just go on a um, holiday visa oh, for okay. that because it's um, such a short course that's only I think it's like six weeks, oh, so okay. it falls under that. Yeah. As far as I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just wondered because I always wanted to yeah. sort of even go to the US for a long period of time mm. or three months sort of period of time. Yeah. And just try it out. But yeah, yeah, it was just I think you just show that you are coming back afterwards, yeah. which is fine. Um, Especially now, I guess. Yeah, I mean, this was this was a while ago now, so uh, yeah. I don't know what it's like now. But yeah. <laughs> now, have you built up any um, experiences or, or have you taken anything from each country which has helped you today in lettering? Um, there's definitely like different places have 
so obviously all the signage and stuff um there's definitely i have i think quite an awareness of the how different languages look written down um in belgium so when i had my first designer job everything has to be in three languages so it's english oh, right. french and um flemish and everything so even to work in a shop you have to basically speak all three um so everything that gets printed needs to you know work yeah. and um french for instance tends to be much longer than english so you have uh, to be aware of germans really long with the really long yeah, words yeah, and they yeah. don't break as, as often so obviously a typeset uh, paragraph looks very different so if you're doing them side by side your french for instance will be a lot longer than your english so you have to like yeah. find ways to make both work um so like technically there's so i think i'm more aware of that and for czech stuff like that you've got a lot of accents that are very important um, like Polish has really like, specific mm. accents that are often badly designed in fonts for people who don't know that it so needs to be like yeah. that. So you can find those the guys online who are like really specialized in that and get some tips on how to yeah. design all those correctly. Um, and obviously also just signage and stuff in the street, you get different looks. Um, so some countries have quite a lot of Art Deco stuff, like Belgium has a lot of architecture that is like a specific look and that sort of often translates into lettering. So just to see it i think it does kind of just it's more general though it builds up into your kind of back knowledge of what lettering looks like rather than specific influences yeah um, that must be a bit just tricky like to get it all set out and because I, I, I know you don't really know from in person but mm. in design when you there's typesetting yeah. I, I mean it's one of my pet peeves <laughs> and a lot of designers don't like typesetting but obviously you, you like it but yeah. you have to you have to be it's quite a it's quite tedious, but yeah. in a fun kind of way. <laughs> it's a bit like when you have to update, someone gives you some new text, you know, and there's a PDF or something. Yeah. So I'll just plug it in, and the new text is like 10 times longer. <laughs> and yeah, it's a bit like that, but just with the language um, yeah. difference. But there's loads of little settings you can tweak that help. Um, but yeah. So do, I guess paragraph settings and styles and headings. Yeah, and how yeah. much space you're allowed between yeah. this, the words. Not too much. Um, yeah. <laughs> How, how does that translate for when you do it in person then? Um, well, I don't, um, I don't actually like typeset physically. Um, so the letterpress I do is a kind of contemporary letterpress. So it's from plates rather than right. actual typeset yeah. blocks, which I've done a little bit of, but like not, not probably. Um, it must be hard. Yes, it's, I've seen it. So it's essentially yeah. like like a puzzle. Yeah. yeah. So it takes like quite a long time. So you got to get add the extra bits the space but um with the plate it's like a computer design that's tra transformed into a physical plate okay. that has the relief on it and we print from that um that's cool but yeah the type we still have all the drawers of type we just don't um don't typeset with them there must, there must be people around the uk that you do it though there's... yeah there's um there's a guy who is local they have a milk float which is right. converted to be like um, a proofing press so they, they really set cool. with wood type and they do posters on the spot outside so people can see and come pull their own prints that's so cool um but there they just they just just take a while it's like typesetting it all out hmm. catching the spelling mistakes yeah <laughs> you should yeah. printed it once yeah. um i know yeah. anthony burrow does it because do you know anthony burrow i know the name burrow? Yeah. Burrow? yeah 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 yes yeah there. i know the name i love his work he's, yeah. he's um very talked he did a podcast with him as well he's, oh, he's a cool, cool guy uh but yeah he, i think he was the it was episode 49 or something mm -hmm. and he was probably the first person i was really really nervous for <laughs> yeah, <laughs> They've gone a bit oh, smoother, but, yeah, um, yeah. They, it's amazing how they, how they do that. And he did uh, this big piece for charity with a mm. steamroller, and he rolled oh. it. Oh, oh! I think I've seen yeah. that. I've seen that online. That's really cool. I think it's for yeah. charity. But yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, he does some cool stuff. That's really cool. Um, but yeah. So moving to Bath, uh, what happened when you when you moved here, and how did you get hold of the 
this Bristol? Um, so it was that I moved to Bath like I think four and a half years ago, quite a while ago. Um, so that was before my son was born. We picked somewhere nice for him to be born. Yeah. It was between Bath and London, and Bath was a little bit cheaper. Um, so it was it was only a couple years in. I think my husband was actually looking just around to see if there was any part time work that was interesting and saw the little sign on the door saying yeah. it was they were looking and there was only one day left on the like application and uh so we had a discussion and I won the, <laughs> the right to apply for it um so yeah I found that just by chance it's just it's nearby um it was sort of just walking past um so it started so print finishing is basically all the sort of hand stuff so it's like um scoring so greeting cards quality checking cutting stuff down mm. um binding like pads and stuff um packing up things lining envelopes with tissue paper so it's all that kind of like really hands-on stuff yeah. um you have to keep an eye for it then yeah I, I love all that little sort of you know, fiddly tiny balls on stuff yeah. um and it really is it isn't computer-based at all which was really nice so it was a nice sort of contrast um so I started doing that and then the person who was the printer was scaling back to part-time so there was an opening to take over as the printer so you just basically trained from the person before mm. um so it's quite a specific machine um so I had some like vague like sort of background knowledge about how letterpress worked it was very broad like very loose um yeah. so yeah so you just train on the job basically it's the best way to do it I think. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it's a bit like kind of like a, like people used to do apprenticeships and stuff yeah um yeah. That's, that's yeah. I always found that's really useful for, for just just sitting in an office and or sitting in a design studio and yeah um, yeah so it's been useful for me anyway just to get that real life experience absolutely yeah realizing what sort of client problems they have yeah <laughs> no exactly and you you notice yeah stuff still comes up all the time yeah um so I've been printed for like a year I think I was just constantly something new will pop up that you haven't thought about before but there's quite a nice community for letterpress in the UK. Um, and there's some guys in Bristol who are really good, so it's some it's got like yeah. people to call if like something is going horribly wrong and we can't figure it out. Um, nice and close yeah. as well. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it must be still a fairly small, fairly small group of people these days doing that. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those. I think it's like getting more popular. I think right. especially the fact that you can um, print sort of modern designs. So the, there's like obviously two sort of schools. There's like the traditional typesetting. Um, and then there's using plates. So the good thing about that is that you can print any design. So you're not restricted by fonts. You can print illustrations. Um, so you can make a lot more. Mm. Like it can be, you just and it gives you more um, options for the impression as well. So you know, letterpress has like that nice chunky. Can have that nice chunky um, texture. Yeah. But with when you do that with metal or wood type, you can damage the the type blocks by right. pressing too hard. But with a plate, it's like a polymer, so it's a plastic. It's really strong, so you can really like. Yeah, exactly. So you can get a nice, like a nice deep one, with yeah. using a plate. Um, so it has its its uh, advantage. Are they very expensive to make the, the plates and stuff? Not like it depends on the size. Okay. Um, it's like I don't know how much it is individually. I I get given the plates and I put yeah. them. <laughs> they're not like they're not that bad. Um, so you need a plate for each color. Yeah. So it's it's like you know it's reasonable. Um, and you can reuse them over and over again. Yeah. So, uh, how much is the actual press? How much is the machine? Because I was <laughs> just seeing a funky bar. <laughs> uh, you get loads of different presses. So these ones, the ones I use, they're about they weigh about a ton. 
um, and they're quite big. Yeah. Um, and they were found by, so this was before I worked there, obviously, uh, by placing like an ad on like letterpress sort of specific forums where you say yeah. what you're looking for and people get in touch and often some people tended to have them in their garage, like leftover, they were about to go to scrap. Yeah. Uh, but it's not so much, it's the transport that costs more or the same as the actual press. So right. just physically, yeah, from, um, one of them came from uh, York, or back of a truck. Yeah, it's quite a way. Like, and it's obviously heavy and it does come apart to get it through the door. Um, but it's a bit like pianos in that way. The transport is almost more of a yeah. thing than the price of the thing itself. Uh, so I couldn't buy one then. <laughs> you can get little ones. One. You can get small, like little Adana presses, yeah. um, like tabletop presses. You can get proofing presses. There's lots of different kinds. So I'm still on the lookout as well. Um, <laughs> there's lots of great websites where you can see good people sell stuff. Yeah, I just think it'd be really cool to, to make make something myself and have it as a, um, I, th I don't know, maybe the business card, but everything's yeah. handmade and everything, yeah. even like a, a thank you card or something, everything's yeah. handmade, it has the same stamp. Yeah. I like, I like that, um, I don't know, sort of, I guess 60s, um, maybe even old, you know, older, I don't know, I like the stuff you got in your studio, like this, mm. like the box, chocolate box. That from an antique shop in Prague, I got it as a Christmas present with my husband, we sort of used to Try to see who could get the other person the oldest thing. Can we show the camera? Yeah, right. yeah, of course. It's got some metal, uh, some wood type in it actually. <sighs> yeah, that's yeah. really cool. It's really this? nice. Uh, I can't remember how old that one is. It's not recent. I think it was. Oh, I don't remember how old it is, but I've been housing a wooden type in it. Yeah. You can open it. Not really. Just, the inside uh, is in wow. better. Um, yeah, it is. It was. Condition. That's so cool. Yeah. It's a proper time block, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> nice. I've got um I've got an A as well. Someone someone with a crossbar broke on it and someone tried to fix it by putting a nail oh, two yeah. nails in. It prints pretty well actually. Like it kind oh, of yeah, works. That's cool. Not really well, but it's ridiculous. Gives nice little effects. Yeah. That must be uh, that must happen quite a bit. Things that will get nicked off yeah, or yeah, it gets it gets damaged. Um, yeah. that's the best part about it, having that, that effect, yeah. the, the texture on the type is but when it's not perfect. Yeah, wood type especially has a nice specific um specific look. I think it tends to be bigger as well. I mean, right. you obviously get big sizes in metal type as well, but um, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. So it's really, really something that something like yeah something like that hand or, or yeah, know, the hand the is really getting cool, a stamp. Yeah. And then just just put on everything and have it like yeah. a brand. Yeah. You could also get a rubber stamp. Yeah. Which is way cheaper, wouldn't it? Yeah. But it's not it's, it's not the same. Like, yeah. Um, do you have a favourite era of type? Um. That's a very good question. I like um. I've got this. Like, I don't even know when this specifically is from. So this is like 1900s, but this has like, this is like relatively modern in that way, but it's got like hilarious versions of like mad alphabets yeah. for like sign writers and stuff to copy from. So it's like usually not like too, too old, like kind of, yeah, early 1900s. That's I think crazy. There's some so nice, nice stuff there. What would you um, call that sort of stuff? I think this is just this is pretty like decorative like it's not it's decorative, like you display what, yeah. display stuff rather than um like some of it's questionable but it's fun <laughs> like in its way you know you could do like a whole, um, whole capsule capsule yeah. letter in that <laughs> or like yeah. I think that one 
It's probably a bit earlier, but it's missing like because it's um, a French alphabet. They don't use the they didn't use the W as much. Nah. Like it took a long time for that letter to actually be useful. It's still hardly used in. Really? It's not used very much in French. Why is that? Um. I think they use. I think it just the sound doesn't really exist. It's more of a V instead. So okay. there's only like a handful of words that start with a W, and they sound like a V. Do you, do you speak fully like, French? For yeah, well, I'm yeah. French originally. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Guess um, yeah. So wait, so, so how how long were you in France then? Uh, uh, like growing up? six months when I was a baby, oh, right. um, and I go back all the time. Oh, okay. um, and my parents speak French at home and stuff. So they're still there. So, uh, they've moved. They've moved just recently there again, but they were in Dubai recently. Wow, um, oh, wow. Yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, traveling around. <laughs> that's really cool. I love to. I love to be like that and just travel yeah. around. Well, it's, it's either I think either you find the kind of job that sort of makes you do that, or vice versa, choose to move and then find mm. work on that. It must be with design and stuff we do these days. You mm. probably can do it. I mean. With, yeah, you with logo design and branding, you definitely do it. Yeah, I think if you position, if you're sort of positioned in that way, you don't people aren't surprised by it. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Like no one expects you to be able to show up for a meeting right. tomorrow. So you need to have the right clients as well who are kind of used to that. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say, what, what, how did you get into type then? Because I, I don't know if anyone's born sort of loving type. Um, <laughs> Um, I don't massively remember being that bothered either way when I was little. Um, I think it was at, uh, so when I was, when I was in Canterbury, uh, there was like a foundation art and design course mm. where you do like a bit of everything and the sort of visual communications bit had like a lot of type in it and I really liked that. So all my projects tended to be about drawing letters that represented the sounds of words, all that, that kind of thing. Um, and then the degree course I did was designed to be that you could specialize in your own thing. So rather than being too set, you could pick your own um, speciality and come up with your own projects. So again, I just did loads of type-based ones. And I always felt like um, I should try and do other stuff. So I tried to do the animation and the illustration until I think it was some lecture was said it was like, it was really obvious, but just the idea that you it's okay to, to have one thing and you don't have to, you know, if you have a thing that you like, it's okay to do that. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Um, and yeah, it was just, I like the idea that it's like drawing, but it's not like drawing people. Like I can't really, I'm just not that good at that. It's not as natural. Um, and just the idea that it, it's like everyday stuff, like everyone knows letters and you've got like a constraint. So you can't do anything to a point. Like it still has to be an A if you're trying to draw yeah. <laughs> a letter. Um, there's definitely rules yeah. around it um, yeah and then obviously some, some people do kind of really mad stuff where they really break it down a lot I think I tend to like stuff I like I'm not so abstract I think now anyway yeah um, although it depends on the project but uh, yeah. yeah I love uh, the um, documentary Helvetica yeah, I didn't it? even watch it I haven't watched, watched it, it. no I remember uh, it coming out it's really and cool. I just didn't watch it yeah you should, you should it, watch uh, it. Yeah. Was it um was it about like the history or was it um, Yeah, how it's made, the history yeah. of it, sort yeah. of Swiss design. Um it's really, really nice. It's, it's a nice tribute to um Massimo Vianelli yeah. as well. Yeah. So it's, it's a good documentary. Oh that's really cool. I should it came out a while ago, I think yeah, probably, yeah. probably <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought everyone yeah, watched it. So I, I tend time. to miss a lot of those things that you know that yeah. Uh, <laughs> nice. But 
uh, I was thinking about studio spaces, and on the last podcast, yeah. I talked to people who had an amazing studio mm-hmm. and um, down in down in Burnham, um, the other side of England. Yeah. And uh, you got a similar thing where you, where you built it, you, you created it yourself, you've, you've mm-hmm. put your own stuff in it, and made it your own. So, what goes into making a studio that you, you can relax and you feel good in? Um, we've gone through this a lot, obviously, over years and years of moving yeah. and having different places. I think it's it's you work out you know how much you need how much you know of your house needs to be the studio so like in the beginning we used to try and have like a really traditional living room and then squeeze like a studio in but then we were never in the living room so it was just this pointless room (laughs) except when people came over so just accepting that if you like your studio and you're in it a lot that's okay that most of your space is that yeah you know when people come over they can just sit in the kitchen it's fine (laughs) um um so it's working out what you actually need so in the beginning we were quite um, we lived in furnished flats in Prague and we had this like tiny computer and like no printer or anything. Um, so definitely if you're going to be working quite a lot, having the right things, is it's, it's okay if you need quite a lot of space, if you have it. Um, and then it's definitely a mix of function and, a, you know, stuff that looks nice. But yeah. it, ultimately, if it's just that it looks nice, it's very annoying to use because then like you don't have any stuff or, you know, the functional things are often quite ugly, so like, you know, like a light box or something is not like an attractive thing, yeah. but it needs to be handy, otherwise it's just really annoying. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly, the cutting mats <laughs> are big ones. Um, so I think the best stuff is just when it's, you know, a nice blend of, of both. It's not too, like, not too perfect, but it yeah. works. Um, yeah. What's your favourite thing in the studio? Ah. Um, <laughs> I really like my desk, so it was, um, I think it was, so before my son was born, we moved to Bath. And we needed furniture because we'd gone from, we'd been traveling before that, and the furniture before was sort of like really like hodgepodge of cheap IKEA, but like really bad IKEA, not the nice IKEA. Anyway, yeah. um, and I got the, like I think it's a mango wood, something nice, and uh, nice. it's nice and big. Yeah, and yeah. I just I like it. So I'm quite pleased with the desk. It's hard to move. Um, is that an angle as well? So, it's an yeah. angle thing. Is that that's is that important for your your lettering? Do you like uh, working on an angle? I, I, I didn't used to I used to have a flat desk for ages um, and this one has the option to do a couple slants but I think it's just nice for the writing angle is nice yeah. and it's not too slanted so you can still put the laptop or the pot of ink tends to kind of slide down a yeah. bit so that's why I have a flat desk <laughs> next to it um, yeah it's just like a drafting table sort of angle um, yeah I think that's the first thing in any office is a good desk yes Must yeah be. yeah when you've gone from years of just like the dining room table yeah. which is fine yeah. But it's nice not to have to set stuff up. So that was another thing we sort of realized. Um, if you have to get things out a lot mm. before you can start the work, you're like 50% less likely to actually get, you know, anything done. So it needs to all be like, you know, if yeah. you've got your pen, if you want to be able to doodle or whatever, if you have to get all the ink out, all the pens and then start. Yeah, I get that with the know, podcast stuff. <laughs> I mean, so my, my, I did a podcast when I did it online. It's from, yeah. um, from my parents' living room. And, but but it's, it's, it's the best thing is, we built an extension onto our house, and yeah. me and my sister took over two thirds of it. Okay. So she's got a photography studio. Oh, she's nice. got a photography studio yeah. at one end. Then I've got a little sliver in the middle, which for, for the <laughs> podcast and my desk. Um, so I'm trying to squeeze, yeah. and then the other ends of the Xbox and the TV. And so I'm here squeezing this a little bit, and I'm trying to do the best of the area area I've got. It's, it's quite hard, I think. You definitely, yeah. yeah, you definitely, if you can, give it the space that it. I need, yeah. No, I'm dreaming yeah. of this. One day I'll get my own house and big, big oh, studio. The room. <laughs> yeah. You know, a tiny living room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, that's it. I, I mean, I do mostly work anywhere at the moment, so 
Mm. If it continues, I can just put the studio basically everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we worked from um camping sites before. Like used wow. to with a tent, just get the pay for the hookup for yeah. caravans, and then just plug plug the laptops in, and like it's not very comfortable. <laughs> but uh, you know, you can usually do a lot. But um, yeah. people love to say, "Oh, you can work from anywhere." It's like, well, that that's true to a point. Like mm. if you need to do a nice drawing and then scan it, and you don't have any of the stuff, it's quite. Uh, you know, it's Depends quite what difficult. you do, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I think I think I could probably do it with if I was just doing logos and that because you can do see it mostly digital now. A yeah. few sketches and little field notes book. Yeah. Would be fine. And you could photograph instead of a scan if yeah. you needed to transfer everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's still possible. I think I just got used to the space now, so yeah, I'm spoiled. So this is typewriter. What's the story yes. around that? Um, this one's relatively new to me. So it was from my um grand granddad's house so both my my granddad uh, died like a year ago and they just sold the house to my family so there was all the stuff to like yeah take and no one wants typewriters so you know i've got it. it's very heavy um it looks heavy it looks well made yeah and i've got another one that i got as a present and that yeah. one works really well and i just found also from my granddad's house all the ribbon still um so i've got all the stuff to like try and you used you to know, get? this one i haven't had a chance to test this one the other one works great um uh, but it's fun. I love seeing what typewriters were used for based on what they've got on them. Mm. Um, so my other one, which is relatively old, has an at sign on it. It turns oh, right. out that was like used in, um, I think, some kind of accounting or math something. It has like it's a symbol that used yeah. to exist. It just was very rarely used, so it just got repurposed. Um, that's quite interesting. Which is really cool. Yeah. I was like that's really weird, like time travel typewriter. Yeah. But there's a reason. Um, so this one, yeah, it's got like fractions and like currency and stuff. So you can kind of and. Uh, those are those kind of math numbers, math stuff there. Um, so you can sort of see what specifically it was used for based on the, um, what the actual keys are. I always like seeing the, the, cool. the keys that are pressed the most, so the, the numbers yeah. are slightly worn off. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's true. This one doesn't look, it looks pretty it's good. Yeah, really, really good right, condition. So, yeah. What one makes that? I can't even read it. Um, it Optima. Optima, oh. But, um, I don't know, it's, a, it's very big though, and much bigger than the other one. It's very heavy. <laughs> Just, just want to go back to the 60s where everyone's using typewriters and it'd be so cool to see. I think if there's one time I could see and do this podcast in with mm. graphic designers would be the yeah. 60s. That's great. Paul Rand That's great. and um, Sol Bass and R. That'd be amazing. There's letters, letters as well. We'll do it by hand. Yeah. Yeah, we often get, I'm obviously working in a letterpress place, you get a lot of the old kind of old timers come in. Yeah. Um, who were printers or graphic designers as well come in a lot and it's so strange how the method they use is exactly the same but just now it's on InDesign so the idea of mocking up like comps um, and cutting stuff out and placing it and getting the picture and it's exactly the same as InDesign the mm. underneath but just obviously it's a lot more by like by hand instead yeah. um, which obviously to us sounds a lot more fun than like noodling on InDesign but the core like you know process is the same really um, but yeah, I think definitely there was a time when the, like stationary looks nice. So like just regular like that is just um, like pins. Yeah. But like just that box yeah. is just so much nicer than going to W. Smith and getting like you know a I pin always, box. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's that's why I like matchboxes and match. Oh, yeah, one of my favorite right. things to well used to collect is I don't I don't use to collect them mm -hmm. but I, people used to collect them uh, is matchbox matchbox cards. Yeah. And yeah, um, there was. They're still, they're still quite cool. Matchbox. They, they, they still, still make, make Yeah, I think well, we've got a whole bunch, but they might just be from antique markets. Nice. Actually, I'm not sure if they're new, um, but they're really cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's, I remember having like I'm a big football fan, and I have um, this collection of England's football uh, match matchbox cards, That's matchbox cool. cards from the year I was born, and it's oh, nice. yeah, that's it's, really cool. It's yeah. really, really cool. And it, it, I want to start making my own ones as well. Oh, that's good. Yeah, just of new players, but uh, I think it'd be quite easy to make. I guess I could do it myself, but yeah. I'd, I'd try and find someone that makes them. Yeah, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. There's lots of cool little collecting type things. It's not good for the kind of minimalist. Yeah. Life idea, but you know, I don't so think. Cool I think if you're a right. designer, but you're yeah. and you're a minimalist, it's. I don't know. I don't know if you're a designer. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the sort of line between having the things that you like is keep having stuff you don't like mm. that's just in the way and that's annoying but, uh, but it's inspiration yeah, as well you surround yeah. yourself with, with inspiration like the posters yeah, the, yeah. The, the beautiful type and on boxes and the, the old yeah. books for the video listeners they, you'll be able to see some of it but the audio people need to you know, check out the YouTube <laughs> video yeah, um, yeah that, that, that sign up there with blue type yeah that, that's, that's amazing that was from um, Bath has like a couple weekly or sort of bi-weekly couple times a month antique markets where right. it's it's sort of a line between like a car boot sale and an antique market somewhere nicely in between yeah um i really like the sort of mix of type on that yeah. so it's like on the top line that art uh, it just doesn't go <laughs> but it's kind of the sea's too small it's just it's quite fun i've got a tattoo like that <laughs> <laughs> i actually have that's amazing uh, they mucked oh, it up that's really cool. it's terrible it's no it's not cool it's terrible <laughs> they mucked up the aec they, they made it a lot bigger for some reason so stressful to get type done yeah i wasn't happy the script is good though yeah I, my friend um ted did that ted, oh that's uh, cool yeah i really like the idea of i think yeah that um it was a cool idea but poor execution. execution when you're a designer you, you just sort of want to punch them <laughs> <laughs> one so day i'll get the spacing filled in. was off if you're like oh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what i was worried about but yeah the, the blue type is just my my brand's called blue day design i think that's, that's oh yeah that's yeah, looks beautiful that oh, that's cool. uh, i love a sign outside a studio. I always think. I always dream of the studio. So I'm gonna have. All the. <laughs> and uh, it's like collecting the things now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a trick. <laughs> I love. I would love a sign like that. And yeah. you could do it in Illustrator and stuff and photo and um, InDesign. But yeah. I mean, you see people. You see people doing it with the different size types. Yeah. It looks so much better when it's when it's done in real life. Yeah, no, it's true. And um, I've got a couple of posters. So the the letterpress guys that come around once in a while. Um. Did some. I was talking about his son to do it, and he, obviously just showing a little tiny kid how that works is amazing. Like, cause it's a bit like a jigsaw puzzle. So yeah. that they, you know, they don't do it, but they can see that you how you do it, and then you choose the colors for rolling, and just it's a lot more tactile. So you really see how it works compared yeah. to just like you can make it look the same. It's true when you print it out, you could mimic like you could do a really good job with the texture and the sort of mistakes and stuff. Yeah. But I think because the process isn't there, it's not like like a you would know. And it, I don't know. Maybe if you didn't know, maybe it would just look the same. Even just the, the paper like... being a bit browner in the corners yeah, and the ink being darker in some places. Yeah. I love it. I really do. And then there's one of um, old railway stations posters. Oh, they're so great. Yeah. yeah. Gill sands just yeah. everywhere. <laughs> there's some really nice, like, just architecture as well. Those little tiny old railway stations. The staff, they're so nice. Yeah. yeah, we're big on those as well. Like some of the tube stations still have that um, yeah. sort of fifties stuff from like yeah. when it's the war and, and the tiles. And, uh, the t tiles are great. Yeah. There's some really nice ones. That, um, Paris Metro has some nice ones right. as well. Um, oh yeah, I've been to yeah, I've been to Paris one. Yeah. Yeah, it's really really cool. It's, uh, it's nice. Yeah, it's really good. It's a good look. Questions, questions. How oh yeah, how long does it take to design a typeface? What's the what's the process and. Because obviously, we, as designers, we're just yes. pressing buttons. Yes. It's nice and easy to use. 
Well, I've, I've never, uh, strictly speaking, finished a typeface because of that exact yeah. problem. Um, so, like, when I did, um, so I did the Cooper Cooper Union course in uh, New York. So it's like a condensed six weeks um, course on typeface design. So it's like they do it as a year, but this one's like spread it like squished, sorry, into six weeks. Um, so that's like Was twelve days, hour yeah. days. Wow. Uh, I think weekends were off possibly. Uh, so it's like you start. I can't remember now. I think it's like you start at nine till nine or something wow. with a lunch break, um, and you actually do your own typeface, but only for a chunk of that time. Um, so I think working every day, I finished like one weight and some punctuation, I think, and that was like nearly done, but that was only one weight. Yeah. Uh, so it was only like the extra bold, isn't it? Um, so it's actually not necessarily drawing the letters that takes the longest, it's everything else. Yeah, putting So spacing yeah. is a huge thing and then kerning, yeah. so that's like specific pairs. Then there's all the, um, if you need to code for alternate characters, uh, and then there's obviously all the character set so like there's only like the alphabet but then there's actually you know at least 200 something characters in a set so all the punctuation um all the accents and then obviously that's just one way so then yeah. you have to do it for as many ways <laughs> as you want um and then by then you realize that the beginning work now is rubbish so you have to do it again and it's like the longer you leave it the more you need to fix this right. might just be me but so nice. you fix other stuff and so then you're like oh you know so i've, I've got some that are i've definitely got one that it's been like a couple of years now, but I could see how I could improve it. Mm. Uh, what do you so it, uh, I, I think I do think it still has potential. Um, cause then it's also finding the right idea that it hasn't been, that has a reason to exist. You're right. just making, unless you're just doing it for fun, yeah. which is fine. But if you want it, it feels like, cause it's quite a lot of work. It has to have more of a purpose than just like, yeah, just, you know, just yeah. Yeah. Um, so it depends. Some people can do it quite quickly. Some like I can't remember who it is. There's a type designer I was reading an interview with, and he does them like really fast. But I think also with practice, like mm. if you're a real pro, you could probably be a bit quicker. Um, but since that's not really my full like time thing, if I had a commission to do one, obviously I would do it faster. Yeah. Um, a display type would go a lot faster as well. So if you don't have as much punctuation and you're only doing one weight. Like you could probably do that in a couple of months. Um, wow, a couple of months. Or maybe probably faster if yeah. you worked like solidly. Um, but if you want it to be really well, good, because you can do like a, a, a sort of passable one with sort of rough spacing. But that's the thing. Uh, it's just uh, even when you think about logos. I know yeah. I speak speaking to Miles Newland. Do you know yeah, Miles? Yeah. yeah. So speaking to him about because he's done a lot of famous logos yeah. and, and the spacing and things and yeah. kerning and. People, young designers, listen to this. There's a lot of young designers who don't know anything about spacing and, mm. and kerning and leading. And can you explain what the different yes ones are? Sure. <laughs> um, so usually when people talk about spacing, they mean the space between individual letters. Yeah. Um, kerning is between like a pair, so you get like kerning pairs. So like if you think of a capital A and a capital V, if you think of the A having a box around it and the V having a box around it, the space would be the space between those boxes, so the outer box. But obviously, an A and a V, the slant. Yeah means that to get them to look correct you'd actually have to put those boxes like merging together so you'd need negative kerning on that pair so yeah. that it looks doesn't look like it has a huge gap um then leading is the space between the lines of type um yeah so it's like usually you think about spacing first then fix if there's individual kerning pairs that need fixing but a lot of that work should be done in the typeface uh, to a point obviously if you're setting in all caps you tend to like for a name or something you usually have to go 
tweaks out in pairs. Um, also depends on the look you want. Sometimes it looks nice with loads of space, um, in which case you increase the spacing mm. and then fix individual pairs after that. What about tracking and leading and, and those ones? Um, so tracking, so tracking is uh, the... All of them together, isn't it? Yeah. In a word, how the word looks. Yes. Right. And then there's also when you're doing, depending on how your paragraph is set, so if your text is justified, you need to fix inside <laughs> that setting, which is hyphenation justification. So that dictates if you're allowed hyphens, how many hyphens you're allowed in a row, how if the hyphen can break up, you know, how many letters it can leave. So obviously having one letter, then hyphen and the rest of the word, that looks quite bad. So yeah, point, saying yeah. you need to have minimum of three letters on one side and how much if you have justified text as well the the thing where it forces the space it messes the space between the um yeah the word space so make a nice block but yeah. you can set how much it's allowed to do that so say you're not allowed to go more than 110 percent than the preset space right. so it doesn't look like huge rivers of space between so what newspapers need right is that justified yes. columns yeah right. yeah so they usually sometimes you get that weird look where there's like four words spread across yeah the column. Really that's huge spaces that if you'd had the right setting, you would have said you're not allowed to have more than that amount of space. Uh, so it wouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so all of those, but that's quite, that's quite like specific to yeah. typesetting blocks. You don't always need it. Um, you don't often justify text on digital stuff. It's usually. Yeah, I stay not, away from um, it. <laughs> yeah, it's harder to, there's a lot more to do and it can look bad if you don't. Yeah, those, um, I always look through uh, old football programs, and they've just justified everything from the fifties, sixties, and it just doesn't look good. But oh. then they cut it around the uh, the bit that does look okay is they cut it around the picture, the, the picture the of the player. Style thing. Yeah, 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 that's and, quite that's quite fun. Yeah, he's <laughs> got this page just full of um, full of text, just no layout or anything, just just one massive block of text. And then on the side of the next page, they've got the so, player just cutting it. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's really yeah. funny. It's like on um. As a kid on Microsoft Publisher, you could set the yeah. um, text wrap thing, and it was like, "Woo, you've got it around your clipboard, God, or whatever." Publisher, really great. I'll take you back to school days. It was amazing, making the uh, paper airplane template. Paper airplane. Yeah, template. on the template you could have all the things you could make, and the last one hidden was you could make two <laughs> templates of paper airplane. That's amazing. Really cool. They didn't fly very well. No. <laughs> Uh, I should have used that. Have used it's that. very fun. You missed it. You missed out. I think we tended to just use Word. Um, didn't really. Yeah. So I made a cricket magazine in mm -hmm. in PowerPoint, and that's that cool. sounds terrible. But no, no, uh, that's PowerPoint. <laughs> People did a lot with PowerPoint. Yeah. Um, again, the this was sort of start of my time growing up yeah. at school, and um, again, just a block of text in the middle, all, all centered. Nothing, nothing good about it. Um, and obviously it didn't have any bleed on it, so yeah. it just had white yeah, text, and the printer's printed it, uh, white uh, around the edge. Amazing. It's, just, it's funny. It's, it's funny all about the learn. making of it, you know? Yeah. Like, well, it's way cooler to have done it than not. I think people felt bad for me. I think that's why, that's why <laughs> I bought some. They bought them. It's amazing. <laughs> it's a good reason. It's yeah. why they bought them, you know? Yeah, can't complain. Got a bit of money. It's okay. Pocket money. That's amazing. Um, but yeah, so it's obviously it's, it's a lot longer in to make it and uh, draw it by hand. And it, would it be hmm. so people use Procreate these days for, for iPad um, yes. and, and sure. hand lettering that mm -hmm. way? Is that quicker than um, in a hat by hand? I or? have never, I don't have a tablet and right. I've never, other than using the till, the one for the till at work, I don't like never use it. So I, I know of it from Instagram and it looks yeah. faster, but um, 
I don't know. Um, I guess it depends what you're doing by hand. So if you're, say, if you're doing something really brushy and then mm. live tracing and tweaking, that isn't too time consuming. Um, if you are manually vectoring something, obviously that's quite slow. Um, but I like how much control you have over that and how tidy you can get it to look at the end. Um, but I, maybe it works similar. Um, I don't know. Have you tried uh, anything like that? Not Procreate, but I had, I had to go on the iPad. Mm -hmm. um, but I've never, never really done it by hand, so yeah, I don't so, really know. Yeah. Um, so it depends, I guess, what form you're leaving it in. So by hand, usually I do yeah, the beginning true. bit and the, um, sort of the idea, and then usually a pencil sketch, often for the client, not always, depends who it is. Um, Usually they see a pencil like sort of layout like mock up first, mm. um, so plausibly I suppose you could skip that and then send them a digital I guess. Um, yeah. That probably be fast. It's quite slow the sketch stage, but it depends. With practice, obviously you can speed it up. It depends how neat you need the finish to be before you send it. Um, yeah, there must be certain like certain certain type of control you get with doing it all by hand. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe you can rub it out and use it again, do it again. We do, yeah, we do sometimes, like, you know, fix it up if, like, oh, it never scans as nice as it looks. Um, right. Uh, so you fix it up a bit. But usually it stays pretty close to how it looks on paper, um, although you can fix the spacing or something. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, I've not, I've not tried it. But it does look really good. Like, people use really good brushes and stuff, mm. but I, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I'm usually quite behind. Do you get annoyed with that at all? The, the iPads of people, because <laughs> you I see, think I don't. It's, it's a huge trend on Instagram. Yeah. And well, I don't. I don't sort of like spend that much time that's good, that's good. there, so I kind of kind of goes over my head a bit, which I think is fine. It took me a very long time to get an Instagram right. account. Like I think I only did it like a year, but it got really not long ago. Um, but I didn't have the phone that could do it for ages either, so I, I'm usually quite like, maybe in like 10 years, I'll be like, hey, this thing on the iPad is great. Um, I don't know. I think it's good. Um, I think it's good that people aren't on Instagram. I, I'm, yeah. There is everyone I talk to is like, oh, I spend too much time on Instagram. Like, I could definitely see it. Like if I, I kind of do it in waves, I'm like, sometimes yeah. it goes, then I'm like, oh, it's been a few weeks, I should probably go post something. Check it out but again. Then, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Do you think it's a dying out a skill that's dying out doing it in person and, and by hand with all the technology that's moving it forward? Um, I I feel like you still see like I think the thing with um sort of brush lettering and then calligraphy that's like quite a popular sort of art form yeah. and that whether people do something digitally with it or not afterwards the fact that that starts by hand um, that seems to be quite popular so I teach on um, brush lettering workshops as well awesome. and at work we do calligraphy ones and they're like people like people are always on them. Um, and the feedback is a lot that people love that they're doing something by hand that is just on that one piece of paper and if you mess up that's too bad yeah. um, and that it's like quite because you concentrate quite a lot on that one thing you can't really think about other stuff so it's like a nice um, you know slow kind of thing to do um, it's quite engrossing as well so I get a lot of feedback like quite positive feedback on that um, that's not necessarily about the end result though that's more about the process of doing it so I think that's that seems quite popular um and then I guess more just as long as that kind of in general that sort of art form keeps going it doesn't maybe matter exactly how you're doing it like stuff will always evolve yeah. anyway um so I think I'd say it's, it's nice if people if you can still have an idea of where stuff has come from in the past and what matters so like often you get stuff that just looks great but then when you put it in black and white without any effects 
like the spacing is terrible or like you know the fundamentals aren't there yeah. um but i mean i guess that's always been probably the case it's probably nothing that new um yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting to see technology take it in a different direction though. yeah it's, see where it's going to go as well i'm not sure really well actually there's a woman who painted or did illustrations for for england football and they mm -hmm. did it with um what's it called vr uh and, and oh that's cool did you, did you see that no uh, i didn't so that she had a vr headset on and in each hand they had a brush oh that's really um, cool but it was all vr yeah. and she was painting in 3d oh wow that's incredible. quite fun that's really good the video the video of it is is stunning um and you can walk around these illustrations <laughs> that they've done Imagine that type, that huge, that's huge really type cool. in a city that, or even on AR. Um, if I walked through Bath and, and you see this massive type on the side of a building, that'd be so cool. That'd be oh, really, really. Cool. So this is definitely some interesting yeah. ways you could take yeah. it. Yeah, I think people definitely are still, or at least maybe it's just people I don't like. People still like you know all the old signs and stuff. So I think there's probably room for, for both. Um, yeah, I think so. Like people tend like maybe again it might just be the crowd, <laughs> but like you know all the old packaging and all the stuff. Yeah, like, everyone likes that. Well, if um, you follow so, Aaron Draplin or yeah, like yeah, that. exactly. He's, he's always so into yeah. old, old stuff and inspired by old stuff. Mm. Um, and that, that was sort of going back against the sixties. It's sort of a, a time where design was considered like all, all the good stuff's mm. been saved, and it's all yeah. we only look back at sixties yeah. now. We'll see the good stuff. We yeah. don't see really the bad yeah, stuff. Yeah, loads of stuff doesn't make it. Because the bad stuff yeah. died, died off. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's a good time to look back on. Yeah. I wonder if that's going to happen this, say, I don't know, 50 years from now, or 60 years from now, isn't it? If we go back in the future, 60 years from now, and look back at today's yeah, design, if, if it's died off, or because it's digital, it's all stale, or see what happens. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because, like, the fact that... I think, you know, if, if you say, even for anything, if you, like, say, write, if you publish it anywhere online, it's there, whereas mm. if you were just writing it in a notebook and stashing it in your attic no one will ever see it where there's a small chance that someone you know might at some point later um yeah i've had some that's good stuff that died never came back there's probably a lot yeah there's yeah. probably loads of things that are that makes me sad genius <laughs> yeah that's just the way you know so so the last couple of questions um for the podcast yeah uh there's a sort of set of questions i ask everyone which is hmm. i'd like to get a bit more understanding of the personality of the people um so first of all, what's your best purchase under £100? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, um, I don't know if this is the best, but I, um, so I got one of those um, A3 flat light boxes just recently. It was like maybe 20, 30 quid. Um, good, good and I went though. a long time, so like ten, just years and years and years without a light box. So I used to use um, the window or an old laptop. But then it would have marks from where I draw. I just for yeah. some reason just persisted like that, or like really like just tracing paper, or just all sorts of stuff, and just that is so great. And I waited so long. Um, it's just really just from Amazon. It's not anything yeah. fancy, but it was just like you know when you finally buy the thing that you were just putting off, nice and cheap, just great. Yeah. So that was really good. Um, but I tend to do that. I think just keep going with something that works but isn't great. Same with laptops, you know, like one that's really slow, yeah. but it still works, still works. And then you finally replace it and you're like, oh, all this time. <laughs> I was just putting up with that for no reason. Um, so I, I think that's, that's kind a of bad a theme. way to go. I don't think that's a bad way to go. I think that's quite good. You sort of, yeah, you sort of not, I don't know. I think that's quite good keeping on, holding on to things. Yeah, it was just pushing it till the end of its, yeah. uh, end of its natural life. Um, yeah, probably otherwise like the odd books, that one I showed you, that one I was really pleased with. Um, 
and I just I just like nice like um like pins and stuff just they're not necessarily yeah. like about the it's just nice they don't do anything and then hold pens and stuff but it's just a nice like thing like you said before like you're surrounding yourself with things that you like you know and you're just like pleased to be in the space that you're in yeah it's nice absolutely uh, yeah. would you have a dream client or would you have a list of dream clients um i think it's not necessarily like specific people but um the ones that i sort of enjoy the most which would be I think it would be the, the kind of client where they do have an idea of what they want, but like when you're really on the same kind of page, sometimes yeah. it's just like, yes, I get what you mean. And then, you know, it's just great. Yeah. And when they have quite good ideas for what they want to do. So I think like anything, if I like tea packaging or anything, something that I like as well, yeah. um, something that has a nice end result that isn't just on like just digital would be nice. Is nice. Um, so I think, yeah, branding like a cafe or something, you know, that would be really cool. Um, but it's more just about the persons and their the person and their attitude, I think. Mm. So I like when they're into the process. I do a lot of strategy in the beginning of branding projects, and some people really just really respond to that. And it's like when we talk about how, because obviously it's all type or usually type based, how the details of the type can be used to reflect certain things about their brand, yeah. and watching people kind of get that and just be really excited about that is really great. And that usually starts the project off really well. So I think people who are just into that is a. Uh, Good. It's good without being too directive. It's just the right amount. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and like-minded people as well. It's yeah, good. it's good. To yeah, work yeah, with definitely. Them. Um, do you have any life advice, or because you travel so much, any travel advice? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, so I think it's definitely what I sort of mentioned before about you know if you if you if you have something that you are naturally drawn to like you don't need to fight that I don't know it seems really obvious but it wasn't for me for a long time like it's fine to do the thing that you like and find a, made a way to make it work right. um, travel wise um, I think like just that it's okay to try so like you don't have to well this is also advice to myself because I don't always listen to it you don't need to over plan or over worry about it you can just do it and if it doesn't work you know make sure you can get back somewhere else. you know like it's not it doesn't have to be a humongous thing yeah. you know you can just try something um worst case it just costs a bit or it takes a bit of time um as long as you have a backup but um i tend to over plan things so i think that would be advice for myself as well same with any project as well like type places for instance i spent ages researching and planning them more than doing them sometimes right, right. um so not getting stuck at the beginning overthink planning stage but I think that depends on a personality type as well yeah I think it does yeah I, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm probably more of a just drive somewhere and because even like today yeah. <laughs> I thought we were in, like, I thought we were going to go to London yesterday <laughs> and I realised oh Bristol <laughs> well near Bristol Bath yeah, yeah. Uh, I still don't know where I am <laughs> oh, uh, you <laughs> well you just don't turn up late so well yeah, yeah. too late no not at all um, okay the last question is a bit deeper it's how do you want yeah. to be remembered um, I always, I think I like the idea of being, you know, just, just, I like the idea of niche things. So like that in your little tiny speciality of thing, you could be like, oh yeah, that person's pretty good at that. Or like, or just being like nice, I guess as well. This is quite classic. Um, but I think it's, it, I like the idea of being like, yeah, really sort of focused in on one sort of thing or a couple related specialities yeah. is quite nice rather than being like a big well-known you know, type know superstar it's fine for it to be like a nice little 
you know, once you dig in into that area yeah. a bit to come up with that name, that would be quite nice. So that's fine. Nice. I like that. Absolutely know what you mean. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Quite Thank good. you very much. Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Or, and, and uh, it's it's a bit sporadic, but I have no. Um, so I'm on, uh, everything's under the same name. So I'm on Instagram under Claire Coulot. Um, Twitter, it's been a while, but I am there as well. Uh, Dribble I use as well. Um, so I use that a couple of years ago more regularly, but I'm still there as well. I think that is under OP45, which is the company name I used to run under. Why is um, OP45? So it was just the, it was named after a piece of uh, classical music by Chopin, but um, uh-huh. that was the, when we started making kind of websites and branding in the beginning, we worked under that sort of umbrella partnership name, um, which is still un- still there underneath. But um, yeah, uh, and then on my website where I'm still uploading stuff once in a while but Instagram's probably the most like regularly updated Brilliant. place yeah fantastic thank oh, Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. As I mentioned at the start of the show, you can help out the show by leaving a, a like, a review, um, anything like that, uh, subscribe on YouTube, and also turning around on social media, taking us at Creative Waffle. Always really appreciate it. Gets the word out there. And buying a ticket to our live events, again, uh, down in the description, uh, really going to be an amazing night for me. Uh, Patreon's another option as well. There's so many ways to help out the podcast. Just want to thank you by saying thank you. Um, for listening and uh, being a part of the show and, and every week showing up so thank you very much for listening hope you've enjoyed it and I'll see you next week for another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast